Welcome to the Transforming for Future podcast series, where we discuss the pressing issues facing leaders today and how to shape the future of work so that your business and your people thrive. I am your host today. My name is Christopher Poole, and I am our Financial Services and Insurance Industry Senior Program Director here at Mercer. And today we are joined by four of our industry leaders from the healthcare provider industry, financial services and insurance, retail, and life sciences. John Dursey is our healthcare industry leader, and he has over 30 years working at Mercer. And he's always had a portion of his time devoted to the healthcare provider industry. And over the last seven years, he has been 100% dedicated to helping lead the healthcare provider industry team. Ross Baker is our financial services and insurance industry leader. He has over 27 years working across the breadth of Marsh McLennan businesses, and his experience and specialization is in the financial services and insurance industry. David Kopsch is our retail industry leader with over 25 years of experience working in the retail industry, from the store floor, through merchandising, all the way into human resources. And then Stephen Mork is our life sciences industry leader, and he has over 25 years of experience. He has advised and worked with global companies in developing executive compensation, broad-based compensation, benefits, and global mobility strategies on a multi-country basis with a, within a total rewards framework. It is no secret that the world of work has undergone a massive transformation. However, how do companies truly transform and prepare their talent, update their culture, and continue to move forward? One challenge on the top of every organization's mind is how do you design the workforce of the future? Thanks for joining us, Ross, Stephen, John, and David. Let's go ahead and dive into some of these questions. How are leaders in your industry addressing talent attraction and retention? David, I'll, I'll hand it over to you first. So from the retail industry, so much of this is tied up in pay. So it is compensation, competitive pay, but it's also about meeting those preferences of people as they seek to do or they're doing trade-offs about what matters to them and where in, in that matters then translates to how organizations are investing in them. So that's where you've got to make sure that the benefits that you're offering matter to your people. And then the C-suite through the HR is also looking at workforce planning in the retail industry, is what type of workforce are we going to have in terms of part-time versus full-time? Great. Thanks, David. John, why don't you tell us what's going on in the healthcare provider space? Uh, sure, yeah, and, and there's plenty going on. I think, especially the last two or three months, this has moved from a big problem to probably the number one issue and problem facing healthcare leaders is this notion of labor and workforce and where the heck they're going to find what they need when they need them. So I think leaders are beginning to realize that what they've done historically, especially lately around pay, just isn't going to get it done. And healthcare leaders are now needing to look more broadly and more aggressively at some of the things they haven't tried or haven't tried as much around rethinking reward systems and the broader employee experience. And what does that look like coming out of two plus years of pandemic? I can tell you it looks very different than it did in 2019 when you're in 2022. Also, although this is not news that many providers want to hear, the time has come to actually begin to rethink the clinical and non-clinical work that's done with an eye, a new eye on agility and sustainability. 
and moving potentially toward much more of a skills focus and away from the rigidity of jobs and roles. Now, I understand it's much easier said than done, but organizations today in healthcare are up against such a severe shortage now and looking years into the future that the time has come to really move and move aggressively toward these new strategies uh, and new ways to think about schedules and career paths. Great, great. Thanks, John. And thanks, David, for, for provi providing insight. And it does appear that hybrid working is here to stay. So our second question focuses on what are the steps that organizations are taking to address the culture shifts needed to thrive in this new working environment? Uh, Stephen, um, why don't you start by answering this question? Okay, thank you. Uh, well, we first of all, we have to reimagine uh, re the employee experience. Uh, as you mentioned, we have a hybrid workforce. We have workforce that is working remotely, and each of those um, could be working regionally, nationally, internationally. So we have to design an employee experience that's going to resonate with each employee, no matter what uh, culture or location they're in. And how do we do that? Uh, one way is through our, our reward mechanisms. Uh, employers are looking specifically at total rewards to structure those in a specific manner to tailor those to the needs and requirements of employees. I know specifically in life sciences, um, the total reward strategy was the number one ask of employees in the global talent trends survey that was recently released. So it obviously will add to attraction and retention as well. The other thing that employers are looking at is their communication strategy. Uh, they want to be more empathetic and transparent in the, today's new working environment. And this is going to be critical based on the location of our employees to drive home culture and build trust within the organization. Uh, additionally, uh, companies are looking at the employee value proposition. I know specifically for life sciences, uh, HR leaders and business leaders alike are looking at the employee value proposition and how to build culture into the EVP more so than it is now. And specifically that begins with purpose. And for an employee specifically, that purpose is how does my job and role fit into the organization? How does it meet the business strategy? How does it meet with success within the organization? All these connection points are gonna be critical between employee and employer because of the different locations our employees are gonna be uh, uh, employed in. Um, Underpinning that, I think, is having a good DEI strategy. Uh, for life sciences, we've been fortunate enough to have a, have a pretty strong DEI strategy that's been successful for a number of years. However, we really can't rest on that. We have to make sure we have a good governance strategy that supports our DEI strategy. So if there's gaps and changes in employees and employment and organizations morph into other entities, we have a good governance strategies that supports the, the overall DEI strategy going forward. And then I, I would say lastly, we wanna look at what we're giving our employees uh, far from a technology perspective for our remote workers. Are we giving them the right technology, the right programs, the right policies that enable to support their flexibility and work remotely and be successful in their roles? Great, thank you, Stephen. Very, very insightful. Ross, what are you seeing in the financial services and insurance space as, as companies approach the concept of hybrid working moving forward? 
Yeah, th thank you, Chris. I, I think I would just, uh, I think Stephen uh, summarized a lot of sort of the initiatives that uh, both insurance and financial service companies are doing around sort of this culture piece related to hybrid. But I would specifically point out a couple of things. One of the things that we're seeing, especially on the insurance side of the house, is this concept is uh, purpose beyond profit. Um, and so one of the things that we saw after the pandemic was that individuals we're certainly staying home. Insurance companies did a great job of uh, migrating to the hybrid work uh, environment. But what was happening was they felt that some of their sort of earlier career hires were not uh, sort of growing in terms of um, the job and certainly the culture. So we've seen this kind of shift with insurance companies uh, kind of leveraging sort of this engagement around purpose beyond profit, getting, getting the junior workers more engaged in the organization. So we still see that as, uh, as an opening for them. They are still, uh, quite honestly, struggling to make sure that they can deliver on that um, and also keeping these younger workers engaged. Um, so that is kind of the, the big thing that we're seeing in, the, in, in both financial service uh, and insurance companies is sort of this um, engagement for younger workers, especially in the hybrid environment. And uh, um, one of the things that we certainly talk to CHROs and their, uh, and their HR teams is how do you really uh, drive that kind of engagement um, at the younger level? Certainly the older workers, they've They've been there. They know. They know how things uh, get done, uh, but they certainly need to engage uh, younger workers to be in the office as much as they can, even though they're they're not there all the time. Um, but that's that's kind of the number one driver that we're seeing in the industry. Great, thanks, Ross. And I think that's a, a very interesting point, kind of pulling in the fact that you know companies are taking a, a persona based you know look at, at their different workforce segments. Um, so lastly, I'll open this up to the, the four of you, but if you could give one piece of advice for HR teams in your industry to help them succeed in the future, uh, what would you suggest? Um, Ross, I'll, I'll start, just throw it back on your end. Yeah. So the number one thing that, uh, that I talk to with both the insurance companies and, and uh, the FS space uh, is really understanding what the workforce is going to look like in the future. Um, the both industries are going through a transformation from uh, a digital transformation, a product development transformation, and uh, uh, and I would call it sort of from an organizational transformation, just because of the competitive pressures around fintech and sure tech companies, um, and and sort of other companies kind of moving into their space. So they're they're certainly becoming more efficient. But the the AI and the digital is really transforming the uh, the organizations in terms of new skills. And so the thing that, that we talk about all the time is what are the new skills that you need to be successful in the organization uh, and to be competitive in your marketplace? Do you have them? Do you need to upskill, reskill? Uh, and how are you going to attract this new workforce? So it's really sort of the future of the workforce is kind of the number one thing we're seeing in the industry and making sure that the HR teams understand where the business is going and how they need to deliver on that sort of new paradigm of the future workforce. Great, great, thank you, John. What are what would your advice be? Well, I can't I can't give just one piece because it's healthcare and it's 2022. So I have to give three, but I'll be quick. I <laughs> promise. First one is is if for the HR folks listening to this, challenge yourselves and your key constituents, nursing operations functions, together determine what's working and what isn't and be brutally honest with each other around what isn't and what you're gonna do about or what could be done about those things that aren't working, whether it's retention, whether it's recruitment, 
or engagement or whatever. Second point is leverage data. Most of the organizations out there that I have come across, many, I should say too many, have just begun to scratch the surface on data. There is so much data in healthcare that can be leveraged, not just HR, but also operational data. And not just dashboards, don't tell me just what's happened today or yesterday, but to be predictive, what's coming? What about predictive analytics around turnover or quality issues or where the workforce is going to be or might be found as you look to the future? And then finally, one thing that we've been using is this notion of design thinking as a methodology to engage people across leadership to understand and to begin to develop ideas around what can be done. Again, these are mostly new ideas. Many organizations have not necessarily had experience with rethinking work or going to a skills-based organization, but the time has come. And one of the ways to bring a leadership team together is to use the principles of design thinking and move forward quickly and decisively. And don't forget the beauty of pilots. You don't have to do the whole organization. You can quickly try and fail with a pilot or be successful and build on top of it. Great, great, thank you, John. And, and David, I think one of John's points around David, or sorry, let me do that. Thank you very much, John. And David, I think one of the points around data will resonate with you. Uh, what would your piece of advice be for people in your HR teams in your industry? That's exactly it, Chris. It's meet your people where they are at using data. This is the employment of your data from your HRMS, from your technologies to address what's important to your people and invest in that from a retail industry perspective lens, Chris. Great, great, thank you. And then Stephen, why don't you wrap us up and, and tell us what advice you would give for HR leaders in life sciences? I think in life sciences, um, uh, obviously across the workforce, uh, we have four generations in the in our workforce today, and we really have to spend time specializing in understanding what type of, type of total reward strategies are going to be effective with our particular group and our particular employee base. Uh, this is going to be data-driven as well. We have uh, somebody coming in from university versus somebody that has 15 years of experiences are going to have different needs and requirements as far as an HR strategy and total reward strategy is uh, considered. So we have to take that into consideration when we're driving and developing toll reward strategies so that we ensure that we're actually tailoring toll reward strategies to meet the commitments and the requirements of each individual in, the, in our organizations. Great, well, thank you for all for sharing your perspectives today. You know, David, Ross, Stephen, and John, you've given us a lot to think about and a lot of really great insights that we can take away. So if you visit mercer.com, you'll be able to read our latest research, Global Talent Trends, and we do have industry insights there as well that um, the folks on the call referenced today. And you'll be able to stay informed and be prepared for the trends in your industry. And stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be sharing new content and more conversations about how we are transforming for the future of work. Thank you for listening.